0: Want to Check those things out. They're back in the back, and uh, you, can, uh, you can look at that as, uh, as you head out. Um, we are so thankful uh, to be here. Uh, take your Bibles this morning and turn to the book of Colossians chapter 2. The team's going to go back with the children. I don't know if there's any more children who want to be a part of the program, but uh, all kids up through the sixth grade are welcome to head on out. They're going to be having a great time uh, this morning, so all kids up through the sixth grade you can uh, cruise on out. Thank you, moms and dads, for letting us uh, work with the kids. It's a real privilege. It's not a right. It's a privilege, and we are very thankful uh, for that opportunity. Colossians chapter 2 is where we're going to be. Paul, um, kind of a, a typical Pauline introduction to this book as he... Uh, says hello in his initial greeting, grace and peace to you. Um, There at the end of verse number two from God our Father, uh, he begins to thank the Lord for them, and then he begins to pray for them. And uh, as many of Paul's letters are, he's saying this is how I pray for you, then before you know it, it just flat sounds like he's praying. And as he comes to the conclusion of his prayer, He just kind of flows right out of it and then right into a beautiful Christological passage where he just is lifting up Jesus Christ for who he is and what he has done. But as he comes to the end of his prayer, I want you to notice what he says in verse number 12 down through 14. Primarily these first two words are going to give us our understanding of why we are here as he is coming to the end of his prayer where he is praying for them to grow, praying for them to, uh, to, to, to continue on in the things that they have learned and the, the work that God is doing in them. As he comes to the end of his prayer, he says this, verse number 12, giving thanks. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share In the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered you from the domain of darkness and transferred us. Or he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his dear son. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Folks, why is it that Paul gave thanks? Here in this passage, Paul gives thanks because of the abundance of the salvation that he had provided for these people. Um, giving thanks is a difficult thing. And I want to talk about it for just a minute this morning. And I want us to see if we can understand what Paul is saying here. I believe that thanksgiving in our hearts can more easily flow out in so many different areas, but we have to see what he says right here. Um, this this foundational thanksgiving that Paul shows to us. Let's pray and ask God to help us, Father. We come to you, Lord. We're so thankful for your Lord, your ab- abundant grace, your amazing salvation, um, Lord. We are so unworthy. And uh, yet, Lord, you have adopted us. Lord, you have reconciled us. Lord, you have redeemed us. You have forgiven us. Lord, all of these incredible pictures that we find actually right here in this passage of Scripture. And Lord, I pray that you will help us to see Paul goes to these foundational truths of what you've done for us. And Lord, this is his foundation for thanksgiving. And Lord, I pray that it will be our foundation for thanksgiving. And Lord, if we can be thankful for these things, and Lord, that can be the focus of our hearts, then even in the midst of the trials, Lord, even in the midst of the hard things of life, Lord, we can still be people who are so overwhelmed as to what you've done, that, Lord, thanksgiving can actually pour through every area. God, would you please help us? Would you please help us? In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, uh, the Bible actually commands us to be thankful when things are going good, right? Right? Or does the Bible command us to be thankful always? Actually, the Bible tells us to be thankful in all things, for this is the will of God. Um, it is hard to be thankful when you're not feeling thankful. I remember my son, Liam, back, uh, uh, I don't know, a few Christmases ago. He's my 11-year-old now. I bet he was 8 or 7 um, but anyway, he had this one toy that he was wanting for Christmas, and he was so excited about it. He was, con- we, 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 he, that's all he, I mean, he'd asked for a few other things, but I mean, just, hey, those things are okay, but if, I just got to make sure I get this. Well, we get to Papa and Grandma's house, my parents, for Christmas. We got there a few days early, and there is this Christmas present under the tree that says, To Liam, from Papa and Grandma, and I'm telling you, it's the perfect size. He just knows what it is, and he cannot wait. I mean, there's other presents with his name, but he doesn't care. He can't wait for that one. Um, he just was convinced that this was the present that he wanted. Now, we have this no touching, no shaking. You got to leave them alone, a uh, rule that goes on at the house And uh, anyway, so for, I don't know, two or three days of torment as he's waiting for this. And he could not wait for Christmas morning to open that present. Guess what? I couldn't wait for Christmas morning either. I couldn't wait to watch him open it because it actually wasn't what he thought it was. (laughs) Isn't that terrible? I. I mean, it was under there, but that wasn't it, right? So he gets, man, Christmas morning gets there. We already borderline torture our kids to death. We, you know, we, we sleep in. No, 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 get us up. We're, you know, we're sleeping a little bit, you know. And then we get up and have breakfast, and then we, we got to read the story. You know, got to keep the main things, the main things. Finally, we get around to the, opening some presents. Man, he gets this present. He rips it open. He pulls the top off the box, and it's clothes from Grandma. <laughs> You just see his face, you know, downcast, my soul. Um, I look at him and I said, hey, Liam. I said, go tell Grandma, thank you. And he walks over to Grandma, thanks, Grandma. (laughs) I mean, he did the action. He wasn't feeling his heart. You know what? It's hard to be thankful when you're not feeling Thankful. I don't know how Thanksgiving is for you. Uh, Some years it's like, man, Thanksgiving, man, I can't wait to get around the table. We always share things we're thankful about. Some years it's easy. Some years it's hard. I don't know how your Thanksgiving is coming up this week as you look at the landscape of your life. If you're just sitting back, scratching your head this year, saying, God, I'm... Struggling being thankful for the way things are going right now. Struggling to be thankful for the health concerns that are going on in my body. Struggling being thankful for just the way things are at work or the way things are with the bank account or struggling to be thankful with the way things are in my relationships with my kids with my parents. Folks, I'm It's hard to be thankful when down deep in your heart you're really struggling to be thankful with the way things are. So how is it that God has the audacity to command us to be thankful in all things? Folks, this is a very, very difficult and tall order for us to really submit ourselves under. You know, I had a few thanksgivings ago where uh, there were things to be thankful for, but I just was convicted in my own heart because the typical thanksgiving is God thank you for, and then we don't list the bad things that have happened, but we list the good things that have happened. We're thankful for health. We're thankful that, you know, that there is money in the bank account. Um, We're thankful that, as far as we know, things are going okay. Thankful that the kids got through another year of school. Thankful that, thankful that we kind of roll through the typical. But I just made it a point a few years ago to say, God, I'm just going to really focus in and think about some hard things that I typically would overlook. And God, I really want to wrestle my way to being thankful for these things things, too. Because your word tells us to give thanks in all things. Now, folks, I don't know where even as I've begun this, that hits you. But maybe you say, Aaron, how can I be thankful when this is going on in my body? Aaron, how am I supposed to be thankful in all things when part of the all things that are going on in my life is this relational friction that just is killing me. You say, Aaron, how am I supposed to be thankful in this? And I believe what we find here at the end of Paul's prayer is really the foundation for how it is that we're thankful in the midst of everything that goes on, even the hard things. Folks, because Paul here, as he is praying and beginning his... He, he's, he started into his letter now to the Colossian church, and he's got some, a thing, some things that he needs to and is going to address. But as he does, he just, as he's coming to the end of his prayer, he just makes some statements about the foundational level of really where our thanksgiving to God needs to lie. And what it does is he lands right on some of the beautiful pictures that the Bible gives us of our salvation. There's so many beautiful words that we love, but all of them are pictures. They are pictures to help us understand our salvation. Pictures like justification... Um, Pictures like, um, you know, propitiation, it's really the satisfaction of God's wrath. Uh, Pictures like, here we're going to look at adoption, we're going to look at reconciliation, we're going to look at redemption and forgiveness. All of these are words that explain to us the depths of our salvation and here in this text, Paul, in order to end his prayer with thanksgiving, he thanks the Lord for four different pictures that really, that really explain to us the depths of our salvation. I want you to look as he says in verse number, verse number 12. He says this, giving thanks to the Father. Who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Now, the first thing he says is thanking God because of why? Because he has qualified us to be part of the inheritance. Now, let me just ask the question. What, what picture has he given us? He didn't actually say the word, but let me ask you a question: um, Who gets the inheritance in a family? Who? Kids. The the kids, the children. The Bible says here he thanks God first of all that God has qualified us. He has done what is necessary for us to be qualified to be inheritors. To be part of the inheritance. Now what we, what we call this when we're talking about um, biblical pictures of, of or when we're talking about the biblical pictures of salvation, is really he's talking about adoption, God qualifying us to be family members that are heirs. The book of Romans chapter eight, Paul says that we're joint. Heirs with Christ. Folks, in adoption, you know what happens in adoption? This is who we were prior to adoption. We were strangers. We were outsiders. Me and you, I don't care if you were, I don't care if you were like Hudson and you were saved when you were four. Guess what you were when you were three? You were an outsider. I got saved at 21. Guess who I was at 20? I was an outsider. I was a stranger. Outside the household of God. But God in His great mercy and in His great love, He adopted me. He made me a part of the family. Are you saved? You can answer that. Are you saved? Yes. Then you've been adopted. It is a beautiful picture that God gives us over and over and over again to show us that we are joint heirs with Christ, we have been adopted on a foundational level in the midst of a life, maybe that's rocked with some things to be hard, that some hard things to be thankful for. Folks, you want to know what we need to remember? That we were strangers, we were outsiders, but we've been adopted. We've been made a part of the family, and we have been made heirs look at the next thing he brings up giving thanks to the father first of all who has qualified us to be to be inheritors he's adopted us but then look also as we come into verse number 13 he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his dear son now i love this verse okay Um, the the word, you see the word in the middle of this, transferred? Ah, I'm okay with the word transferred. Matter of fact, a lot of English versions, translations, um, translate this word to transfer. But it's actually not my favorite word. You know my favorite word for this Greek word? Because it's not just transfer. You can transfer money from one account to another account. And and you have like, it's no hands-on stuff. Um... You, you 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 want to know? I'll tell you what a better word for this word is is actually to transport. Now I have a question. I grew up. I grew up. I, um, I grew up in the seventies and into the eighties. Um, I was born in the early seventies, but I, I was a, I was a bit of a Star Trek fan. I wonder if there's any Trekkies in here. And I'm not really truthfully a Trekkie. All right. And, uh, and, and as, I, as I say this, if you're a tr- real Trekkie, maybe I probably will make some mistakes here. But I did grow up watching Star Trek all the time. And I, you know, I loved it. You know, it was, um, man, here would be Captain Kirk and, and Dr. Spock and, you know, all these different ones. And they'd be down on some alien planet, you know. And they're, all of a sudden, they have an encounter with the Klingons. And they're in a fight. And they're surrounded. And they're about to be captured. And all of a sudden, you know, he reaches down to his little, his little, you know, communication thing on his, I mean, that was high technology in the 70s, right? Man, he would reach down. I don't know where the cell towers were. But anyway, man. And he would, he would back to the Starship Enterprise, and he would talk to Scotty. And what would he say to Scotty? Beam me up, Scotty. Man, the, the graphics, weren't they incredible? As all of a sudden, they would disappear and then reappear. Do you remember the name of the room? It was called the transporter room on the Star Trek Enterprise. Um, listen to this verse 13. Thanking God, remember once again, thanking God, verse 13. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. Now, are you ready for this word? And transported us to the kingdom of of His beloved Son. Folks, we were a part of, and I I know on one side it almost sounds like we were enslaved there, and we were, and that's a whole other picture that's coming up. But not only were we enslaved in this kingdom of darkness, my friend, I just want you to know we were willing participants. We weren't just helpless slaves who wanted to get away from Satan, but we couldn't. We were a part of the domain of darkness because the Bible calls us children of darkness. You see, this passage also, if you move down to verse number 21... It also uses another picture right here or, or, or gives us, I think, a little clarity to this picture. Look at what he says. Now he's talking about Christ and what Christ has accomplished for us. He says this. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds. Now, right there. Just stop right there. We weren't just helpless slaves bound in darkness by Satan. Folks, here it says we were alienated. That means we were separated from God. But it was because of the hostility that was in our minds and in our actions. And we really got to understand this. We we weren't just helpless slaves caught in Satan's web. We were willing participants joining with Satan in our Anti-God life with our thinking and our actions. Now once again, you say, wait a second, I was like Hudson. I was saved when I was four, five, six years old. How could that really be the truth of me? I don't care when you were saved. Prior to your salvation, please understand, we were the children of darkness. But listen to what God has done. He has rescued us. He transported us from a kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Folks, it's way better than the USS Enterprise. To be transported into the kingdom of his dear son. Now let me tell you what this picture is. If you continue on in verse 21. Remember we started there. Let's continue again. And you. Now this is you. And me. Who, were, who once were alienated and hostile. We were hostiles in mind. And it's because of our evil deeds. Doing evil deeds. Now listen to what he's done. He, talking about Jesus, has now... Reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach before him. Folks, do you see the turnaround from the beginning of verse number 21 to the end of verse number 22? We were once hostile enemies, but now he says we are blameless and spotless. And there's one word in the middle that tells us what it is. It's the work of reconciliation. Folks, you know what reconciliation is? Reconciliation is when the worst of enemies have become the greatest of friends. In adoption, you were a stranger that's now been made a part of the family. Beautiful picture of our salvation. But another picture of our salvation is reconciliation. When, believe it or not, you were an enemy of God, an enemy. Because of our minds, because of our deeds, we proved it. But in reconciliation, the worst of enemies have been made the greatest of friends. And folks, it's kind of unique here. There, there, there's actually this, the, the Greek word that's translated reconciliation here. It's actually a word that you don't find anywhere. It's not it, the, the, the normal Greek word for reconciliation is the Greek word katalasso. Here, it's, it's just a unique word. It's actually a word that you don't find anywhere else in Greek literature, period. It's almost like Paul made up a word. It's catalasso, but it's got a prefix on the front of it. It's called apakatalosso. And if you look it up and you try to study, it's like it's not anywhere else. Paul, it's it's a it's a prefix that actually just intensifies it. And it's almost like he's saying you're not just reconciled. It's not the normal word that Paul uses cuz Paul talks about reconciliation a lot. It's a word that means you've not just been reconciled, you've been over the top reconciled. Folks, well, it's because we're not just talking about ordinary enemies. We're talking about we're talking about Enemies of God, who now, me and you, through reconciliation, we have been made His friends. And Paul is giving thanks for this that God would so amazingly rescue us from the darkness and transport us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Give thanks for this, he says. Look at the next phrase. The, la- the first phrase, verse number 14, he says, verse number 14, in whom we have redemption. Folks, redemption is a beautiful picture. We love to sing the song, redeemed, redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Do you know the picture of redemption? All of these are awesome words that explain to us the depths of our salvation, Redemption really is a picture of a person being not just an enemy of God, but actually the picture of being a slave to sin. Do you realize that we're slaves to sin? The Bible calls us that. That we're slaves. You say, what does it mean that we're slaves to sin? It means, it means that we are so bound in our nature. We are so bound in our humanity towards sin. It actually means this. We're slaves to sin's power. We're slaves to sin's penalty. Matter of fact, if you, want, if, if, you want a, if you want proof of it as to whether or not you're a slave to sin, let me, let me give you a little dare. Are you ready? I dare you leave this room and never sin again. You can't do it. And we're even saved. You take an unsaved person and tell them to never sin again. They cannot do it. You know why? It's because we're slaves. We're bound in chains to sin's power. We're bound in chains to sin's penalty. But I got good news. Redemption is when the price is paid For the deliverance and the freedom of a slave. Have you been redeemed? If you've been saved, you've been redeemed. Folks, we're talking in adoption, we were strangers that now have been made family members. In reconciliation, we were enemies, hostiles that have been now made the closest of friends. In redemption, we were slaves in chains to sin's power and sin's penalty, but now the chains have been broken and we have been set free from sin's power, free from sin's penalty. There's even coming a day where we're set free from sin's presence. We've been redeemed. Have you been redeemed? Give thanks. Here's the last picture he gives us. The picture is the last phrase of verse 14. The forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness. You know what? what It really was more than anything else. was an indebtedness picture. Whether whether it was money or whether it was was sheep or uh, produce. Whatever your form of payment was. Basically, you had a debt that you owed. And we have so readily brought it into the terminology of relationships. And I think Paul did that in the Bible. But originally, the word forgiveness had to do with a debt that was taken away. And folks, in forgiveness, in that picture, we are debtors. Far beyond the ability to pay our debt. I don't know what's the biggest debt you've got going on right now, but if you can multiply it by a billion, that's where we stand. Folks, I'm telling you, when it comes to our debt, when it comes to our sin, if you can imagine a ledger sheet, I mean, you know, I, I, I get my credit card statement once a month, It's always a wee bit bigger than I understood how it could possibly be so big. And you look at it and you just think through how is it. And you look, but what if your ledger sheet of all that you owe is really every sin you've ever committed in your entire life. It's overwhelming the debt we owe. Far more than any of us can ever afford to pay. It's impossible. And you know what? In forgiveness, what does he do? He takes it all away. It's all gone. There's no more debt to pay because Jesus Christ paid it all. Aren't you thankful Jesus Christ paid it all? Aren't you thankful that he didn't just take care of half of it and you had to handle the other half? Folks, Jesus Christ paid it all. It's talking about forgiveness. Folks, these are the pictures. Now, there's more pictures. But in this prayer that Paul gives, he gives these four. And he gives them all by means of praising and thanking God. Thank you, God, that I once was a stranger outside the family. But you've now made me a part of the family and I even have an inheritance that's going to last forever. Thank you, God, that I once was an enemy. I was a hostile But you in reconciliation, you have made me the closest of friends to you. I was once your enemy, but now look at me, I'm seated at your table. Jesus, thank you. In the redemption, I was a slave to sin, totally bound by sin's power, bound by sin's penalty, totally enslaved, and there was nothing I could do to fix it. But in redemption, the chains have been broken and I've been set free. And then, folks, the last one is forgiveness. A debtor like I could never even start to pay. My debt is so overwhelming. My debt is so big. There's, nowhere I, there's no way I can even start to begin to chip away at the tiniest bit of the debt that I owe. And yet, Jesus paid it all. Jesus Thank you. Folks, I just want you to know, for me and you, I don't know what your your year's been like. My year's been a little crazy. It could have been a lot worse, absolutely. It's just been crazy. Um, Lots of things to be thankful for. But lots of things, when I'm writing out my normal list of things that I'm thankful for, I'm not exactly going to put these items on the list normally because I don't don't find myself thankful for these things. But my friend, I just want you to know, if me and you will be people who will go to the foundation of what God has done for us, we will go to the foundation of the fact that we were strangers who've been now made children, That, that that we were enemies who've now been made friends, that we were debtors who've now been forgiven. And we were slaves that have now been set free. Folks, at the foundational level, if we can realize what God has done and our hearts can be filled with thanksgiving on those things, I just want you to know, and I say this carefully, I do not want to say this flippantly, but my friend, I don't know what burden you're bearing. But my friend, He has fixed the greatest burden that many, that any of us could ever handle. He's fixed it. And we need to focus in on the greatness of our salvation. And it helps to bring everything into perspective as we come into a Thanksgiving season. You know, I'm not sure what's going on in your life. I'm not sure what's going on in your life. Um, with the burdens of your heart, the struggles, the pains, the pressures, but um, p- perhaps perhaps as' we're, as we 're coming to the end of this as, and then as we 're coming into Thanksgiving season, it would be good for you, and maybe it can even start now as we take just a few just a moment to, to just have a quiet reflection, but maybe this some this year. Uh, Like I did a couple of years ago. Maybe you would just say, God, I want to just take the time this year to think through the things that I struggle being thankful for. And God, help me to see them in perspective. And God, help me to even be filled with thanksgiving in the midst of these things. Because your great salvation is so so much better. Folks, may God help us. Can we just have our heads bowed and our eyes closed just for a moment? I'm not sure what the burdens are. I'm not sure what the trials are. But folks, in light of His great salvation, I think any true believer would have to understand that we have So much grounds to be thankful. So I would love to just take a minute to just have the piano play just with our hearts bowed before the Lord. Can you just pray and ask God to help you to be thankful? Thankful for your salvation. Thankful for your adoption. Thankful for the reconciliation. Redemption, forgiveness. Yeah.